Earthlings, and welcome to your weekly dose of newsy infotainment. It's Let's Be Treasonable, coming to you from various places in and around Los Angeles, including Treasonable Studios, with your cognitive dissonance on the panel this week. She is a comedian, a world traveler, or, well, was, once and future world traveler. How about that? Uh, economist and also the host and creator of the Villains of History podcast. Always a pleasure to have her with us, ladies and gentlemen, Kat Alvarado. Yay! Yay! Hello. <laughs> Thanks. Thank you for having me. Always a pleasure. Thanks for being here. Looking forward. We got a lot of we got a lot of things to talk about. Some stuff that's uh, right in your wheelhouse. Oh. So yeah, we'll be getting to that. Also, uh, very excited and a great pleasure to have him back with us. He is a comedian. He is a lover of guinea pigs and an yeah. intermittent dog walker. Always a pleasure to have him here, ladies and gentlemen, David Rosie Rosenberg. Welcome. Hey, Rose. I have my own dog now. Hey, what kind of dog? Bad. (laughs) (laughs) Idiot. It's mostly an idiot dog. He's also taking up digging in the dirt. Um, The the Peter Gabriel song? Yeah. (laughs) It's impressive for a dog. Yeah, he's a big uh, 80s rock fan. No, he... He actually buried a bone like straight out of a cartoon the other day. Nice. Yeah. The problem is that it turns out he's half or not half. He's like a sixth min pin or something. And apparently min pins aren't good with rodents. So once one of these children's parents have work and we can get guinea pigs, it might be a little rough introduction. Uh oh. Mm. Okay. What 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 are the other five sixths? Uh we thought he was Chihuahua and Beagle, and he's no Beagle. He's mostly Chihuahua and some Cocker Spaniel, which he doesn't look like at all. And, and turns he- out he's also an eighth Cherokee. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's, uh, and some Min Pin, which he doesn't look like, except for his weird long legs. That this just- is the uh, Elizabeth Warren of Min Pin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not knowing how many chromosomes dogs have, because wasn't really pertinent to my studies but is there is well uh, is it 23 i don't know but uh how how do you figure out like because it sounds sounds like you know sounds like a rescue i don't want to judge but one of those things where it's like how do you know there's how do you find out there's no beagle when you get them up with no papers oh i got i got him tested oh does he have the rona He doesn't have the Rona, but this was pre-Rona for for Valentine's Day for Lee. I got I got him tested. Oh, that's Didn't so nice. Did you put your finger in their mouth yeah. and like hold it yeah. there a bit? You had to do a swab, just like a swab. Oh. I was going to say I had my finger in a poodle's mouth yesterday, and I didn't learn anything that I didn't already know. Here? Well, no, it's uh, my my step poodle uh, who he's he's been having some back issues lately, and so he uh, yeah, but he was he was having a good day, so he was he was getting a little rowdy uh, when I was scratching him. He does that like I'm biting you, even though he's not biting. Um, big big tough miniature poodle. <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's how we roll. So uh, also joining us. <laughs> 
I was about to dive into the show. I'm like, there's still two people we haven't introduced. One of them won't shut up, so I will, and I will get on with introducing our next panelist, who it is always a pleasure to have with us, which is a good thing because he is the only other one who's here every week. Uh, he is a comedian, a scholar, and always the black voice of reason. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Time and Ship. Uh, power to the people. Uh, Dave, you don't have to worry. I will not get shot while jogging. I'm <laughs> <you>. <laughs> yeah, maybe, maybe, you know, we should, we should do something to buy ellipticals next. You know, I know, uh, Pelosi just passed another, uh, $3 trillion, uh, dollar bill through the house. Maybe the next one should include ellipticals for black families, yeah. at least in the same. Uh, well, and you also please know, even though you can work as a nurse, you can be shot in your home. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, you can. Sleeping, sleeping you, uh, well, black in your own home. Also, now a crime. <laughs> that's that's so upsetting. Time and how how's it th- with that lady you had a, a Zoom date with? That actually went really well. We did. We we um we did the viral with the you know we did the meal and then right. we did a viral um we went to the Smithsonian Institute to the museum. Are you seeing her in another? Oh, in another very museum? nice. Uh, well, she right now, um, seeing that there's nothing to talk about much, we don't call each other like we used to. Because, you know, this is starting. That's, I mean, it's the coronavirus of dating. It sucks. You know, it's terrible. Because you can't get into the people. I mean, once you get to talking to them, there's nothing, you can't go see them. Because right. you don't know if they got it. You don't know if they've been tested. You know, I did go on well, a date with At that point. At that point, you got to take a risk. You got to go. Is this person worth the getting Corona for? Do I like them enough? And then, if you do, then you go see them anyway, even though you don't have the test. Like you just got to take a leap of faith. Yeah. Well, I took the. I no. got the test. The, the last date I went on, I did get the test, and I found out I was negative. But she had taken the test, but she hadn't found her result, and uh, I allowed her to fire up a joint, and, oh, a pipe in my car. <laughs> You know, that'll that'll definitely make you feel better about taking the risks. She was uh, a cat. You'll love this. She was Japanese, um, uh, Nicaraguan and black. No, no min pin in there. Okay, So she was very attractive. (laughs) Well, just a hell of a combination. I was like, because everyone's always trying to. She was telling me this whole thing, how what people thought of her. That that lady was just Filipina and she was just messing with you. You know what? She has that. She did have, I mean, because you'd have to ask what she was. I didn't ask what she was. She just thought that people, she says that. She says, you're probably going to ask what I am. I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> She's like, interested in me. That's that's, that's all the what you are that I care about at this moment. That's like, it. Are, you, are you interested in me? All right, great. Right, then let it. us proceed. But yeah, as a cat, I will say it is scary because you don't know. And even if you took the risk, I'm at high risk because, and so I really can't oh. take the risk. Yeah, so can't do it. It's it's That's true. Are you still working at the at the children's penitentiary? <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. Can you call Juvie? Juvie did not come to mind. <laughs> I was like, what's that place called? Children's, children's penitentiary. That's good, cat. You can keep that one. That's good. That's a good one. Out of a Dickens novel. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, yes, I work in a guard shack, though. You work in a guard shack? When are they gonna? 
When are they going to start having them make iPhones? Because they have small fingers. And, yeah. you know, well, they've been catching the corona. They're much higher value. They've been catching the corona. Oh. Yeah, oh, I, that's why That's why I can't go in the facility. I mean, I can't be in the buildings. Is so they're because, having you work elsewhere. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I work behind the whole, I work behind the facility in a, in a guard shack near the giant gate that they have. And, but yeah, we've had probably about four or five cases over there Oof. from kids. And staff is also caught. They've had to quarantine a few staff. Has has any of the kids been really sick? Not not that I know of. Uh, not that I know of that they've been sick. But I but they you know they check them when they come in. You go from boys admissions or girls admissions straight to the infirmary, and they have to do the test. Uh, yeah, and check them out. So before the, they let them into the facility, they do That's the Silkwood shower. With the with What's the that? they do the silkwood shower with the fire hose and the scrub broom. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, they don't allow us to do that. Water hose would have been good. No, they don't do it. No, they they after actually they shower um, by themselves. They don't even allow group showers anymore. Everything and they have to keep social. They do have to keep six feet distance from each other. They don't double bunk. So yeah, and we don't have as many kids as we used to. We probably got. 200 that's combined with boys and girls yeah where is this place silmar juvenile hall oh that makes yeah. sense yeah that makes sense i always i figure if we, somewhere up there like silmar sun valley uh yeah and the camps are up that way too they got all the camps they had them out in uh lancaster they have a camp in malibu they have a uh, camp kilpatrick camp uh gonzalez that was all in oh malibu, like up malibu. in the hills like the yeah in santa monica mountains yeah that makes sense yeah, God, that's no. punishment enough sending him to Lancaster. <laughs> Tell me about it, yeah. <laughs> it's it's done, like landlocked Alcatraz. Yeah. I've done shows in Lancaster. It's actually always fun, but there's one show that's literally on the wrong side of the tracks. Right? <laughs> you, you drive over these tracks, and it's just a whole nother country. It is. <laughs> and there's, yeah. there's a lot of shady motels. Oh, it's, you're like yes. a dirt path. Yeah, Pookie and Ray Ray live out there. Oh, oh. God. There's so many shows in places like that. It's it's ridiculous. The shows, though. They are a triple run. Well, yeah. like the people. Oh, you did a triple run. Okay. The people in the smaller towns, you know, that are like inconveniently far enough away from the city that you're not, you know, going to come in, like, unless it's for something big. They are deprived of a lot of entertainment, so they are they're like yeah. that much more appreciative. Um, Johnny Cardinale and, uh, uh, used to book a show yeah. out. God, um, Beaumont. Yep, that's Beaumont. the one. And the Beaumont yeah. show. It's great. It really I, is. Know, it's like a hundred people in that yeah. crowd. It was amazing. Oh, it was like standing room show, only yeah, last time I did the show. What's that, Victorville? Huh? What? Some of the best shows I ever did were in Victorville. Yeah. Victorville, Bishop, uh, also the uh, Edwards Air Force Base. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, out that I would always, you know, the I, I don't know if you guys, well, I'm sure you have, but if you remember the scene in Spinal Tap where where they're playing on a military base and the like all their wireless equipment is getting interference, so they're trying to rock out, and instead over the speakers you're hearing like plane-to-tower conversation on the radio. <laughs> So yeah, doing a show, it's like on, on a military base. I you know love to do it, entertain the troops. Always a good thing. But I would be really like everything's wired, right? We're not going wireless on anything. We're not. <laughs> is, 
Okay. All right. I'll, I'll do it then. All right. We're fine there. By the way, me, uh, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am your Vin Scully for the impending apocalypse and hopefully the current one. And uh, as we've already been talking about a bunch of stuff, you might not believe it, but there's a lot more to talk about, which we will be doing after a brief message from our sponsors at Community Spread. Where are you now, It's morning in America. And people are waking up to the great taste of community spread. I kind of want toast, but it can be so boring. Butter, margarine, jams, jellies. I want something new. Here, try this. It's community spread. But you've already taken a bite out of it. What are you, smooth down there? Try it. Whoa, that's sick. But what's in it? What's in community spread? We're still waiting for the CDC to let us know. Well, it's deli- Wait, did he just say the CDC? That's right. Community spread. Available at... Actually, I don't know where I got it. No, but seriously, back to that CDC thing. And it's not just for toast. Pancakes, waffles, sandwiches. Why, there's no telling where it'll show up. Community spread isn't recommended for older adults or people with chronic health conditions. Stop using community spread if you've experienced difficulty breathing or shortness of breath, persistent pain or pressure in the chest, bluish lips or face, new confusion, or an inability to arouse. Community spread. From the folks who brought you, I can't believe I'm not better. It's the toast-topping sensation that's sweeping the nation, and there's nothing you can do about it. Thank you very much uh, to the folks at Community Spread and to Kat Alvarado for providing the voice on that, as well as Connor McIntyre. So thank you guys both. You know, I was going to say, Dave, uh, your Community Spread, Nancy Messner, um, Masoner or Messoner from the CDC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's actually she's the one that came up that said that first came out and told everyone about community spread and what was coming. I just, I read the articles in the flip and they had, um, that she was the one that actually sounded the alarm on in February of how bad things were going to be and, and what we should be getting prepared for. Well, and so if you guys ever want to read the article, we, yeah. we need to stay prepared because there, there are a lot of violent, well, yeah, threatening protests. Uh, fortunately, haven't gotten violent yet. But people coming out to protest, uh, the lockdown and the social distancing with guns because, you know, viruses are obviously afraid of guns because um, they're they're smart. They're very clever, these viruses. But uh, so we're, we're seeing that kind of shit happening in Michigan. In Wisconsin, we're seeing a gerrymandered, Republican legislature overruling a Democratic governor and uh, the head of the state health department and basically ending all social distancing, ordering everyone to reopen. And so people are going back out. Well, you know, we we said a couple weeks ago we were going to be keeping an eye on Georgia and Texas, also another state where the Republican legislature is basically saying, fuck the citizens. Let's spend money. And 14 days after Texas opened the floodgates, there was a huge spike in the number of reported cases and the number of reported deaths in in one day. That just coincidentally happened 14 days, the incubation period for the coronavirus, after really? the lockdown was yeah. in. Yeah. I mean, it's... I was predicting that that would happen... I, I figured, but my thought is that it would happen and people were like, oh, well, that's the price we pay. 
I need my French fries. Well, I think that's what the government is trying to establish, you know, is as the baseline. We went from it's 15 and it'll be zero soon. It's going to magically disappear to 80,000 dead. We're doing a great job. And honestly, being an election year, depending on what happens with the economy, I, I would bet money that the Trump campaign is going to, in one way or another, suggest that because of their response to the coronavirus, they have created so many job opportunities in America. <laughs> because as Bobcat Goldthwait famously said years ago, dead guys can't flip burgers. <laughs> yeah. You know what? I... I just feel like they are so off here with regard to reopening the economy. It's this assumption that if you go back that it's this assumption that the government controls all, which is a fallacy on both the right and the left. Uh, especially right now, I think old-fashioned Republicans, like the kind that I used to identify with back when I was further to the right or to the center, is that you know the the economy is this animal. It's like the tide. It's like the ocean. You can't control it, and no amount of spending or or action is really going to change anything. It's what it just happens kind of organically. And what's going on right now is that people are not going to want to spend. People are scared of the coronavirus. They want to stay inside. And so it doesn't matter if we reopen the economy. Some idiots are going to go out and go to parties and go to restaurants. And you know what? They're going to catch the corona. Someone in their family is going to catch the corona. And then they're going to stop. Because um, we're going to get those little waves and bumps and people will be scared back inside. So it doesn't matter if Trump goes, let's reopen the economy. The fact remains, we're scared to go out. We're scared to spend. People are saving their money. There there was a statistic out that I read um, that people, like the debt levels are dipping because people are making higher payments against those credit cards because they're scared of what is to come. And in that that's a big sign. That's a big sign the economy is slowing down. And that's not something that the government ordered. That is something that people are doing of their own volition. So in sum, it's, it's not going to make a difference. I open it up. Don't open it. We're in a recession. Well, just like Cuomo, Cuomo did come out and state. I don't know if you heard about the barber who did not follow the rules. Yeah, I just saw the headline this morning. Yeah, and he infected 12 of his customers. Wow. Now, he, he refused to close. I'm not doing They just arrested another guy who uh, they, they, uh, I think it was in Michigan, old, old barber. You know, they took his license. They said, OK, you're not going to shut. No, I'm not shutting down. I'm old and all that. Fine. We'll take your license. You know, they, they're really just putting everybody at risk. And you're coming down to the, the as, as Kat was saying, you know, you know, where's the humanity? Where, where are we? We're already in a recession. I also, I have another question here, and that's where is the leadership? So leaders aren't supposed to just handle where we're at right now. I mean, Trump is like such a poor leader. He's not even focused on anything outside of himself, right? So he he's like a, you know, in terms of the stages of leadership, I've talked about this before, you know, an organization, there's five different stages. Uh, one is chaos. Stage two is cynicism, where everybody feels like they know better and it's kind of dysfunctional. Stage three is very ego-driven. Stage four is team-driven. It's us versus them. Stage five is about looking beyond and into the future and being more than what we are now, right? 
And Trump lives in stage three. It's all ego. So he's not even thinking about us as a team, right? We need leaders who think of us as a team. Now, Cuomo, Gavin Newsom, I think they're there. They're like, we're in this together. We're going to handle it. We're going to get through this. But what I want from our leadership is stage five. Where are the leaders who are saying, okay, we have this situation. We're in this economy as it is. How can we change and adapt and grow and get our way through this recession, through innovation to solve the problems that we have given the reality? And nobody's talking about that. They're all kind of in panic mode and well, no one's going, all right, where, what are the solutions? What are the changes? What are, where's the innovation? See, I, I'm, I totally agree with most of what you're saying, but honestly, I don't know if they're not talking about the future because they're not doing it. And I'm talking about the, the good leaders, you know, the, the governors who are stepping up the, the mayors, the, the people who realize that there's no leadership, there's no positive action coming from the federal government on this, unless you pressure them. And then eventually they do the right thing, which has been the MO for this. You know, it's, you look at uh, the Ukraine investigation, well, you know, we we did give the aid that Congress voted to give to Ukraine. We we gave that to them eventually. Yeah, eventually after you got caught. Everything anytime this administration does the right thing, they're doing it eventually. It's it's because of pressure or because there was no way for them to continue backing out of it. But I think some of the the leaders on the state and local levels are very likely trying to plan ahead, trying to to figure out the chess moves, figure out what the board is going to be. But I think the reason we're not hearing about it is is two two reasons. Number one is that there is so little that we know about the coronavirus. And so the more we learn, which it seems like on a weekly basis, we're learning more about what this virus does, you know, whether it's, oh, hey, there's there's a new Kawasaki syndrome type disease that's popping up in kids that have had it, you know, right. but it's so there are all these little factors that keep coming into the game that. But here, that, here's what I think, though, is we know we know this. The pandemic part, we know it's shitty garbage and it's probably even shittier than we know. Right. Let's just say that as oh, a given. No, and no. That we're I'm, all going to be in quarantine for a while. Right. So. I, I, but what I'm saying is I think there is a certain trade. amount of I think there is a certain amount of baseline like okay this is pandemic 101 that they they do know about but it is these these factors in the continuous evolution of not so much the virus but of our understanding of it I think that's one part of it yeah, but yeah. I think the other part is that it's it's just it's more important right now to deal with the now and because there is so much and, and you know there was I, I put an article in the uh, in the briefing this week about how the right wing and imbecile wing uh reaction and protest against this isn't as big as it seems and i i do understand that it's kind of like the moral majority you know where it's like no it's not a majority it's just like a few people who are really fucking loud and won't shut up so I think it's like getting the good information out and dealing with the now and fighting against the misinformation and the the imbecilic you know rebellion 
against yeah, doing I mean, the I right guess, thing I guess what I'm takes saying precedent. Is like, you know how our house is burning down? Why aren't we drawing blueprints for a new house right now as our current house is burning down? But I think that there is room for that. I think we you you need the firefighters putting out the fire. You need to make sure the people are not in the burning building. But you also need the person who is as soon as possible going to re- in, invent things to prevent future fires, but also how are we going to build a new house that mm-hmm. won't catch fire? Well, I don't think that's going to be. That. I don't think that's going to be tough because we had a pandemic uh, game plan which Obama and those guys had put together. You're not going to be able to. You're, you're, there are people out there already thinking about recovery and how it's going to happen, how to get the. You know that's why they're trying to get these these uh, different bills passed, but they have to. You're not going to be able to do all that you need to do until Trump is gone. But I know people are thinking automatic because this is going to. We thought the recovery of 2008 was going to be pretty hard. This you can clean up. Now I do uh, like yeah, like people like Blue Dot who came out and stated that they knew how the the the, the uh, about the spread. That company came out of Canada, and Governor Newsom hired them to do L.A. That's how L.A. knew how the spread was going through the pings off the cell phones. So they saw the people. They also got the information from the, the airlines. And the airlines were able to, you know, you know, once they saw these people are just leaving Wuhan and they're coming to your area. And it showed on the map of all the people who were coming to bring the virus. You know, so that's information. So like you said, Kat, they're, they're out there. It's going to be one hell of a recovery. New jobs are going to open. Old jobs are going to go away. But they might come back. And that's but what I, I'm getting at, though, is less about the, the virus itself and more about the jobs and the trades that are suffering. Because um, that's what a lot of the right-wing people are upset about is all these jobs and stuff. And, and I guess I... I really wish there was more leadership and organizing trade, like someone, someone to unionize the unions, if you will, um, <laughs> across the trades and say, like, okay, we have committees. Like, if I if I was Governor Newsom, I would say, okay, this is our trades are or innovations are, and he's going to meet with the heads of all of the unions, and those unions are tasked with each putting together their own committee with how they're going to move into the future if we do not get a vaccine. How is their trade going to revamp its business plan to survive and save jobs? Because mm-hmm. that's where we should be at, is looking long-term. Because in the short term, all these people are losing their jobs, all these people are getting laid off, and unless right. they rethink their business plans in every single one of these industries... Yeah. They're going to that, really that, suffer. That is entrepreneurship at its best. Rethinking your plan. Rethinking, okay, I, I was a, a, you know, a sit-down restaurant. Now I'm a drive-up restaurant. Okay, I run a farm. I can take that food from the farm. and that, that I, I, So I'm not throwing it away. Why don't we get that to a food bank and, 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 you know, and all those different things. And what we should be doing is providing funding for some kind of a bill that does exactly that. That says, okay, if you are a movie theater and you have plans, a structured plan and stuff for how you're going to turn your theater into a drive-in, we're going to give you X amount of dollars towards that so that you can sustain and survive. I don't know why that's not a thing yet. Well, that's what Pelosi's fighting for. Pelosi's been stating that as, as much as fighting for the hospitals, fighting to you know make sure that you know different pay 
for the nurses, the different pay for the for the fire department, everything, because they know what these people are putting into and how to, you know, cover these. Dude, they need hazard pay. They're gonna yeah, have but to have, we're yeah. giving we're pouring money into something that is already like we're we're throwing money at the situation as it is, rather than helping us become what we need to be in the future. So I, I'm, I think that's where we need to be focusing because we're in a shit show and no amount of money is going to save us right now. Right. I, I, I firmly believe that there's not a large enough bill that will get us out of this recession. Go well, ahead. it's it's no, I was going to say, it. you know, it's difficult for our elected representatives and especially the Republicans to to be able to focus on the need for all these programs and the need for government to do what it's actually supposed to do because they are facing down the greatest threat to to our security to the world as we know it which of course is obamagate <laughs> oh yeah we yeah there there i mean you have to see and i got into a big debate i was telling you today with some guys who you know, they say they're libertarian, but they're as right wing as they come. And I, I, I said to him, this man is, is destroying this country from the inside. When you attack the FBI, the CIA, the NSA and all our different you know, states of government and you're letting people out of jail and, you know, this guy over here and we got them dead to right. And you're you caught them lying and then you clear it up. You basically open the door and you get rid of all the inspector generals and then you say, okay, I'm going to throw all the blame. It's Obama. He did it. Well, you know, well, it's, I think it's real quick, Rosie, just because, you know, I want to I want to quote the president here because it's I've been trying to figure out, like a lot of other people have been trying to figure out what exactly Obamagate is. And if if you listen to what uh, Trump said, said uh, it's been going on for a long time and it's a disgrace that it happened. And if you look at what's gone on and if you look at it now, all this information that's being released, and from what I understand, that's only the beginning. Some terrible things happened and it should never be allowed to happen in our country again. So based on that... I I am pretty sure that uh, what Obama's crime was, was handing the car keys to a dangerous idiot who then proceeded to destroy our government from the inside out. The, the conservative media is, is going, they're all happy because uh, the new press secretary like pushed back hard against a reporter asking what Obamagate was. And I think... I read a lot about it, and it, it we're so diametrically opposite that there's two different point of views on this. And if you think that Trump and his minions were guilty or were suspicious, then it makes sense to have investigated them. And if you think they weren't, then Obamagate is all of the investigations that were kicked off, you know, during the Obama administration, and then you know, rolling into into Mueller, like. To a rational person, Flynn was shady as all fuck. He was unregistered foreign uh, or foreign lobbyist for the Turks, and he had all sorts of contacts with Russia, just like everybody else in Trump's sphere, right? But so, if everyone is doing it, like, why is it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like the it's like heroin, like he wasn't doing anything wrong. This was just a trying the Obama administration trying to undermine the Trump administration. And there's such two diametrically opposed views that uh, it, you can't even have a conversation about it at this point. 
because they don't think anything was wrong with Trump. There's there's such a cult of personality that they won't admit anything was wrong with Trump or any of his people having any sorts of weird contacts or funding discrepancies or uh, changing platforms or any of the weirdness that the Trumps did. Mm. Well, you know, I feel like this is all rooted in a really in culture like you ever think about it like this is all about ego it's about my team has to win your team has to lose i can't accept any new facts into my brain because if i do then i have to question everything about myself yeah yeah and i i think if you uh, if you ever argue with a trumpster there's nine 99 cases out of 100 they won't admit anything's wrong with him and once in a while someone will be like well he tweets too much right and once they can (laughs) see that one person once they can see that one person in the Trump sphere was dirty, their whole wall, their whole facade breaks down. So they won't like they won't do anything. They won't we, admit anyone. Uh, well, the administration we need is someone to teach mindfulness to the entire middle America because they <laughs> just can't confront truth and they can't confront themselves. No. Like everything that they are, this wall that they have built up that makes them immune to facts. It's all really it's a wall that makes them immune. Like they can't. They can't be wrong. So once yeah. they've decided something is true, it can't be proven otherwise or they will freak out because then they have to question themselves and whether they are a person who can make mistakes. Then they remembered that one time their dad beat them in third grade <laughs> and then they just fall And apart. then they remember that they kind of <laughs> liked they won't it. confront feelings. Huh? <laughs> I've been checking. I was just checking now. Again, it's funny. Conservative media will... will, will when they know something's wrong, they won't even touch it. Like, there's no coverage of the Supreme Court this week of Trump's tax returns because they know his position is indefensible. And I've checked Red State. I've checked Hannity. I've checked uh, uh, Mark Levin. I've checked uh, Town Hall and National Review. Even National Review, which is not really pro-Trump, they won't even address it because they know that it's, it's just untenable for him to be hiding it. And his arguments and Seculo's arguments were just asinine. No, no. Uh, uh, temporary presidential immunity. That's that's a yeah, thing. Total, right? total immunity. Even <laughs> though it, it flies in the exact face of what they argued 20 years ago under Clinton. Mm-hmm. Well, it's it's different now. Uh, I read a lot in, in liberal media saying that. Yeah. I read a lot in liberal media that saying that it, there'll be a split on the, uh, on the cases that it won't go to this. It won't go to the Congress, but it'll go to the New York District Attorney, or they might kick it down to another court. Just meaning it'll be prolonged even further, which is horrible because what I would want is like his taxes on the front page of the Washington Post. I can't for- say what I want on any recorded media or text <laughs> at all. It should not be tracked. <laughs> I, I think we all we all share that sentiment. Four years, I just want to be able to push someone's nose and stuff and be like, "Look, this is what he did. This is blatantly illegal," and it's just going to get for kicked further down the road. But Republicans will not deal with it. They will not. They will not touch it. Well, much in much in the way you know, as Trump said uh, this week, if if you don't have tests, then you don't have cases of coronavirus. Oh, yeah. uh, which I, I think anyone with half, I think, fucking even your your angry minpin would would know. <laughs> He's not a minpin. He's like an eight. I'm sorry. Uh, which. Yeah. All right. That makes sense. I thought he was a sixth. Wow. He's getting more min pin in him every day. Uh, <laughs> no, last, 
I'm going to have to teach you fractions after this. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, good point. Coffee isn't kicking in yet. But the, the <laughs> point being that that's the kind of logic that allows you to believe that if you fire all the inspectors general, then there are no crimes. You know, if yeah, you if you corrupt the the Department of Justice from the top down, and they you're you're able to find a stooge, someone like I don't know William Barr, who you know will let you get away with everything. Well, then officially, it's not a crime, is it? Well, if you if you read the, the conservatives, they're like it's all deep state. He's just he's just yeah. The deep state is any group that helps to enforce the Constitution and our laws. Apparently, the well, deep state is America in and of itself. It's everything that was democracy. Because and here is what no one wants to say. I mean, some people will say it, but I think. And Dave, you you guys already agree with me on this, but we're moving towards a monarchy. And there are people who've been wanting monarchy slash dictatorial fascism for a while, but they never were willing to say it. What they really want is for their own beliefs to be imposed on people, regardless of what the people actually want. Those These are things like, get to, you know, uh, making abortion illegal, you know, getting rid of choice, uh, restricting women's um What's the word? Oh, yeah, reproductive <laughs> rights, access to birth control, um, all of these things. And they want, you know, eventually to take the right to vote away from women, to get women out of the workplace. I mean, literally like Handmaid's Tale, there are people who want that and believe that. And in their own private lives, that is what they have. They won't let their wife work. There's so many men who won't let their wife work if they have kids. So, you know, you add that up on the aggregate and there is absolutely a contingent of people in this country that want that and they want to impose that. And we've called that and tolerated it. We've, we've been, oh, those are just Republicans. Those are just people on the right. No, they're fascists. They've been fascists. Um, and now they're starting to take over and they're eating it from the inside. When did I become this person? <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I think, honestly, I think uh, when you started doing the Villains of History uh, podcast, it, it kind of like it opened a whole door to the abuses of leadership that that are available. Because I honestly like doing this show with you, and especially since like shit started getting really bad with Ortega in Nicaragua, I have I have seen you sort of evolve, you know, from like, uh, you know the leftists. It's it's all the, they're horrible, and to oh wait a minute, no, they just you get like corrupt people to take good ideas and figure out how to capitalize on them personally, and then run with them. And so when you say you know there are these people who've wanted a monarchy, but they were too afraid to say it. I don't think they were too afraid to say it. I think they they were waiting until they had like their stooge in place. Like where, you know, you don't talk about like wanting a monarchy until the possibility is right there in your grasp. Mm -hmm. They're not going to say it yet, but if Trump wins again, I, I, it at, I pick it at like two years into second term. Well, what they're, they're saying right now, saying uh, Dave, I was listening when you had on the flipboard that you had. I don't know if you saw it. You know, they were telling Biden, you better go get the black women to back you. And they're ready, and, you know, with all this stuff going on, you know, folks getting shot and all these different, hey, 
black women have always, like you always talk, you guys were talking about history. The history of the black woman has always made a change, especially democratically. And they're going to be out in force to make sure that Trump's ass is gone. And that's definitely something to be reckoned with because they're tired. And with all this, you look at, and if you look at the coronavirus, the majority of the people who have definitely died from, especially in Chicago, have been African-Americans. Oh, my God. It's like it was engineered for for genociding people of color. Like, it's it's creepy that way. And it's ironic that it's the right wing people who are saying it's fake because (laughs) we have every right to be like, nope. It's like, pay no <laughs> attention to the man behind the curtain. Uh, don't you know, don't worry I, I, about you know, the coronavirus. I, say that they are, I don't know if you guys saw that the, they're pushing for you know, more brothers to buy guns. And I'm waiting. It would have been so perfect for the, for the, the brothers from Lansing, Michigan to show up. You know, like hey, we're Black protest with you guys. Yeah, 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 we're coming down. What? What are you doing here? Oh no, no, we got guns too. We're coming down. We want to, <laughs> want to come on down and talk to you. Everybody. We want to support our yeah, Second what? Amendment yeah. rights. That's right. They would shit bricks, <sighs> brother. They had two hundred brothers show up <laughs> with guns, <laughs> AR-15s. <laughs> I, 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 I sit back with popcorn and watch that shit. It'd be hilarious. Oh yeah, the the ghost of Charles Manson would be sitting on the edge of his seat, going, "Here it is, the race war. It's finally here. Helter skelter." And speaking of speaking of people of color, have you guys watched that show, The Innocence Files? It's on Netflix. It's a kind of docu series on. It's it's by the Innocence Project, so about people who are wrongfully convicted and they get off. And turns out they were convicted because of like really poorly done forensic science. And um, it was eye-opening because there is a lot I didn't know about the prison system that we have right now and how it really has systemically put black men behind bars and then essentially made them do slavery work like labor in cotton fields, for example, and all that, yeah. that shit, especially South. Um, you know, Irony is alive tra- and well. Trumped up charges and then sticking them in there. And that's something that I don't think is ever going to be addressed if we don't if we don't get rid of Trump. And so it's like if you believe in justice, if you care at all about your allyship with people of color, we need to get a left winger in office so that they will be willing to address these things and talk about them because the right won't because it's kind of their thing. <laughs> well, did you guys see, uh, you know, cat uh, for what is it? I'm 55. They've been doing this battle for years. <laughs> what you're saying that's been going on, they've been putting it out there for years. Years. This battle has been going on. That information that you're talking about, mass incarceration, you can. it's been on NPR, it's been on everything. They've been promoting it, whether you're doing GI Bill, redlining, you want to talk, every just flat-out systemic racism among people of color, that has been around, and they've been fighting for that. They just came out with, uh, the, I don't know if you saw the book, the the, uh, the new Jim Crow, which is written by uh, Michelle Anderson, who is a uh, who has talked about mass incarceration. You know, that movie that, that just came out that Jamie Foxx was in, that was about a guy who was wrongfully convicted. But this has been going on I know, but if you watch... Innocence files, holy shit! Like it's yeah. it's one thing to know about it intellectually. Like, of course, I knew about it on NPR and whatnot. But no, I was I'm, just thinking, oh yeah, they're just sitting in jail, like regular jail, which is bad. But it's not as bad as like, oh oh, literally, they're being put in for nothing and then slavery. Oh right. oh wait, so we still have slavery. Oh yeah. shit! Like that. That's what didn't click with me until I watched that. 
Right. And that part was mind blowing, and also putting yeah. like the human faces right. on this. Well, I, like I said, I we when when David asked about uh, Rodney King, and remember, Dave, we were all sitting on, we were having a discussion. Oh yeah, and yeah, you yeah. asked the different people, and they had nothing to say. Well, it was it was asking him, like everyone on the panel. So where were you during the riots? Because I was I was living in Missouri. And we yeah. we were this was on the anniversary of the riots a, a few years ago, and I was talking about how you know I didn't know L.A. geography back then. Yeah, I mean I loosely knew stuff, but uh, when I I saw the riots on TV and I called my aunt and uncle in Woodland Hills to make sure they were okay, which now that I've like oh. lived out here for a while, it's like. There would have to be like some really ferocious riots to make it from South Central all the way out to the West Valley. Right. Be a lot of damage in between. It'd be like Godzilla level rioting. Right, but they didn't. They had you know people had nothing to say uh, about them. And also, Cat, with me working in the juvenile system for thirty years, I've been talking about. I mean, I even said to the kids, "We're spending we're spending seventy five thousand to two hundred thousand dollars per kid to lock them up i mean that's locking up kids is big business that's money we could have spent to make them into einstein we could make them send them to harvard this you know this is it's been humanized and talked about i know from a me from a black perspective and being taught this in my family we've always been discussing this and they've been putting it out there from from before you know before the trayvon martins were being killed before I mean, this stuff is, the, I mean, think about, the, what is that, the, um, what's the five guys from New York? The Central Park Five. Yeah, yeah. that right there. I and mean, Trump was there. Oh, yeah, lock him up. Guys are no, innocent. execute him. He didn't want to lock him up. And then even after they were exonerated, still. Yeah. Ah, death penalty. So exoneration only applies to Trump, but when it's the Central Park Five who get exonerated, no, no, right. no. Well, it only no, applies no. to him okay. when it isn't actually being done you know when he's not exonerated that's when you know it counts so he he needs to tell everybody that he has been and that's when you get a stooge like william barr uh in in place to sort of do your bidding and and warp justice to fit your agenda you know but barr is uh you know federalist society he's all about packing the courts you know with people who are going to basically systematically remove rights from you know all all these entitled folks like women and and african americans and latinx people and and jews and and uh you know tradesmen you know you know a couple years ago i think it was during the trump elect the 2016 election i remember uh one point What's your name? The horrible blonde lady. Oh, hard Tell to remember. To tell them apart. And remember what? Kellyanne Conway. And Coulter. She oh. said something about how, like, if you, if all four of your grandparents weren't born in the United States, you shouldn't have the right to vote. <laughs> and yeah, and she said it wholeheartedly. And we've always talked about these people. I think in the media as crackpots. And we write them off as if, well, no one really listens to them. That's just kind of a thing she said to rile us up. Right. And what I'm starting to really see with, with stuff like William Barr taking Flynn out and all the crazy stuff is that, no, they're not crackpots. No, they're not weirdos. They're saying things that people really feel and really think. 
And it's these exact people who are coming into power and stacking the courts. Yeah. And that is scary. Well, and the, and the thing with stacking the courts is it, yeah. it, it's not just that it's like so far right wing and so partisan, but that they're also stacking the courts with unqualified people for with with oh. lawyers you know who have never tried a case in a courtroom and, and it's you know it's one thing you know you expect the the political posturing in, in such extreme measures from the republicans these days you just it's what Mitch McConnell has helped make the party into and allowing Donald Trump's handlers to you know whether it's steve bannon and people who just want to abolish the government or whether it's his handlers in the kremlin you know there's there's a lot of people he's he's a useful tool for them well you know the, uh, well speaking of steve's as i was saying to you earlier today steve schmidt i loved have you guys listened to steve schmidt no i just saw him on oh, oh my god and you know he's a former he's a former republican and you got Joe Scarborough, you got Steve, uh, uh, what's the guy, Wilson, it looks like. Uh, Rick Wilson. Rick Wilson. Yeah, Rick Wilson. These guys, are they're lighting Trump up. Their articles, the Lincoln Project, which really, that was a great, that's all, behind, they're all behind that. And George Conway, you've got to read the article on George Conway. Hey, he is, I don't know how they're living together. Him and Kellyanne, I don't know how they're getting along. I mean, maybe they're sleeping in separate beds or separate rooms or whatever. But I know he's told her he's going down and we're going to make sure we're going to start. They I'm, I'm guessing Kellyanne they're both is, armed. She is anonymous. She's got to be the anonymous writer, right? Uh, she's so adamant. I don't I don't think so. Uh, I mean, yeah, she's, she's, George is like George is like George is almost in tears. Whenever he talks, he gets so angry that he's like almost in tears because of what Trump is doing. And it's not the fact, he, and it's not, it's just as far as, you know, he, what he's doing to the office. He's destroying the, the, the very fabric of what the office, even if you don't like the person's policy, you know, uh, politics or policies, this guy is just, as, as, as uh, Steve Schmidt said, he said he's calling him an imbecile. He's calling him an idiot. He said, this dude is an imbecile. He is a fool, a buffoon. He's, he's, no, he's cutting him no slack. He said, man, we just, they just cut through it. He said, I, I'm just not throwing these words out there. This is what this guy is. He has no idea what he's doing, and he's destroying our country. Well, and I'm not saying he's wrong, but I think part of Schmidt's motivation, you know, and time and you and I were talking about this a little bit before the show, is he's he's the guy who brought Sarah Palin to the to the McCain ticket, and yes. I I think there is a certain amount of of penance and self loathing for <laughs> you know realizing like well I didn't mean to start a fire I just happened to you know light a book of matches and then get distracted when Tom and Jerry were doing shit and I feel really well, I bad think, about I mean, burning the house I down. I think Dave he even I think he even sees I mean. I mean, you know, he didn't. I, I'm. He probably didn't know that that she was that damn incompetent. He damn sure didn't know what they. What I don't know what with Trump, but uh, man, you get what you get, and he sees it, and it's like this guy is like, I found, I see the. the, the, the I think lie. here's the thing about Sarah Palin and also the Trump people. It goes back all the way to Nixon. Nixon knew he had to get those Southern Billy folks. 
Not that all Southern people are hillbilly folks, but he knew he had to get, you know, the, the people who are that way on his side. They happen to all, a lot of them live in the South. Uh, <laughs> what, what's um, the old saying, Dave? So he <laughs> appealed to them. Yeah, and I, you know, I think, well, uh, it's that the uh, Lyndon B. Johnson, uh, you know, tell a tell a white man that he's, you know, better than a black man, and he'll, you know, let you pick his or it's yeah, basically, you know, give the rube someone to feel like they're better than, and they will mm-hmm. give you all their you money. Can- yeah, yeah and so that's in, the, that's in the South. In well, the it's everywhere and where now prosperity gospel Sarah is Palin, believed. <laughs> yeah. Sarah Palin was just that same appeal to that same group of people. And then Trump right. Pence was like, okay, now we're going to go with it 100%. See, but here's the thing. Who was the woman that was in Alaska now that was uh, they were, they were going Murkowski? to go during the, the Trump impeachment? Uh, yeah, Lisa Murkowski. Now, the, the Susan Collins of the frozen tundra. <laughs> yeah, it, Even more I mean, actually, Mikowski. <laughs> So-called frozen. You know, you, when you thought of Alaska, you thought, you know, you think, wow, okay, at least she's got, a, I don't know where Sarah Palin is, wherever uh, her and the boys are, probably, you know, buried in somewhere out there. But she seemed like, you know, she had a lot more sense than Sarah did. But she didn't. But when it came to the impeachment, she she no. And they're all going to regret that. You know, you you just gave me an idea, and I you know maybe uh, need to get uh, a lot of investors together for this. But you know, let's because I think the last thing Sarah Palin was doing was some reality show about snow machine racers, don't you know, uh, or something like that. <laughs> and so when you were when you were saying like, well, where is she now? And I was trying to think of like cable channels that are in the high like two hundred range. And so why we we need to start a a just an idiot conspiracy theory network, not the History Channel, uh, that has all it. It's we we start baseline flat Earth. The Earth is flat. That is that is where our scientific knowledge begins, and it's it's all the the idiot conspiracy theorists, the you know the the sled races through the the oil fields you know all all the fun stuff like that and we call it nationalist geographic yeah Yeah. and that was a long way to go for that pun it was but i think it's i think it's something like you know you could have the slogan like no show is too dumb for us nationalist geographic I think you're missing a part of that name. It needs to be National Socialist Geographic. <laughs> oh, okay, snap. yours is better. <laughs> snap! Wow! Yikes! So, um, sorry, I'm. We don't want no damn socialism. We don't want that. But what if it's national, Taman? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good old national so I'm a national socialist is what I is. Well I th- Yeah, bring my gun. I, I get think, my food stamps. You know, one of the one of the big problems to to selling this whole image, this this whole fake narrative, 
you know, because there are still people, I think uh, Laura Ingram is still showing uh, hydroxychloroquine on the Fox, or she's not even on there anymore, <laughs> on whatever podcast network she's on. Um, no, I mean, like, these people cling to their, their falsehoods, and they're going to go to the grave with them. This is, this is the hill that they have chosen to die upon, to use the metaphor and pray for it to be more realistic. But I think you know, we're starting to see cracks in the facade that are, are slowly becoming harder and harder for people to deny, uh, you know, with, with the coronavirus outbreak at the white house last week and, and the fact coming out that while Trump is saying, well, you know, I think tests are overrated. I think everyone needs to get back to work. Meanwhile, the news is coming out that he and his crew are getting tested multiple times tested a day. <laughs> but like, I, I, I would assume the, the presidency would be tested and the people in the White House. Yeah, but but, but there's discredit testing is, is so hypocritical and awful. Exactly. And then you look at uh, Dr. Rick Bright, uh, the whistleblower, you know, and and right immunologist he was the guy working on the fucking vaccine for god's sake who got pushed out of his job trying to solve this thing with his scientific knowledge because he decided to stand up to the misinformation and pseudoscientific falsehoods that were coming out of the administration and he's talking about how when he mentioned that the the stockpiles the federal stockpiles of of ppe were seriously you know diminished cdc said well we'll just like rewrite the rules to say well maybe people shouldn't wear masks to to save them for everybody else and it's these little trickles of information that as they come out you know and god it it's way too slow for my liking and it you know it needs to, to be sped up, but they are eroding this dam that the Trump administration is trying to build, you know, against the free flow of information. Well, Mac and what's her name? Mac and Annie. Uh-huh. Oh like, yeah. Big, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. She said they got the We, we created the pandemic, but we have our own. That's what she said. Yeah, She's and and she held the, up the playbook. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, held up binders. Oh you know, because I think they learned their mistake from uh, having folders where where people folders can actually. Them. Yeah, well, the folders fall. You can see there's blank papers inside. So if you put oh, them in binders right. and hold them up, you know, and then you put that's the right. actual Obama plan just loose leaf in a binder clip, that just looks like you know. Ah, yeah, yeah, it's a PowerPoint that someone threw together. It's nothing. We have Kat, binders. She said there's a deep state. Of course you did. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, what this was, whole uh, the Rick Bright thing. There was, there was a press conference earlier this week where some of the people were wearing face masks and a lot of people weren't. Someone asked Trump right. about it and he's like, well, it's optional. It's, you know. I, I'm not going to make anyone do it. And then it turned out the people who were wearing the masks, doctors, <laughs> the people who were not political appointees. Hmm. I, uh, I'm thinking maybe. Well, to, to double back what was, to what was said at the beginning, I, I think that they're, we're just going to open up. I, I think that the, the, people are just going to accept a certain level of death and infection. 
and people are really not going to modify businesses or life that much. I think we're just going to go back to what it was, and people are like, well, some old people are going to die, and that's how it's going to be. I, you know, In some places. Yeah. I, I don't think everywhere. I think places like California, people are still going to hold back a whole lot. Yeah, I think California is going to lead on this. I think it's going to be like environmental standards, you know? If 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 some economies are doing better than others and there's still just a, a noticeably small death rate, I swear people will 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 be like fine, we're all just going to go out to eat but like we used to. It's kind of like eating the pie at the at the very end of the Stephen King book Thinner. <laughs> I, that was a deep cut. I don't. It's, I don't know that book. Uh, yeah, it Which was book? Uh, thinner. It was one of the uh, the Richard Bachman uh, books. Oh, I never but read that. Made book. into it was a horrible movie. Yes, it was. Pretty pretty decent book. By the way, I'm reading his latest book of of short stories, and one of them is just really really disturbing because it sort of has to. It opens up with the end of the world. <laughs> And oh great! Yeah, it's it's just it's yeah. But I think, and by you know, that you mean uh, a accounting of present day. Uh, it, well, <laughs> it, it felt like oh, this is this is what we're going to be dealing with in two months. Like where there's like mass fires in the Midwest, uh, destroying you know basically the the food basket of America. Two thirds of California has fallen off into the ocean. Like yeah. literal end of the world kind of stuff, I but I know. going, I, going to so, what Rosie uh, was saying I'm though. So well, you know, actually, I, I will say that if you want, PBS has a uh, video that they're talking about H two O and about water. Mm-hmm. Right now, that is a great. That's a great. They've done a great documentary with that and talking about our needs of water from the ecosystem to uh, who has the most water and how and the importance of groundwater. But I think it would be great to. You want to see something that's really nice that you would say, "Hey, that's going to be the next battle." Well, I don't know. We're kind of in the middle of yeah, a pandemic, wonder- and everyone's working from home. When am I going to find the time to watch a documentary series on PBS? <laughs> working, right? I kind of wonder yeah. if Republicans secretly, of course, they won't admit this, but want the older people to die off because that would shore up social security. Has anyone floated this idea? Because it kind of probably would shore up social security and no one's willing to admit that that's what they're rooting for because that would be political suicide. But um, it's definitely something that would be accomplished by killing off a whole lot of elderly people. Well, the governor Um, of Florida did refer to his state as God's waiting room. Mm -hmm. So, you know. Yeah, and they're trying to clear out the waiting room. Yeah. Well, it's, it's no it's I, there's got to be a reason why it's specifically the republican ones that are chomping at, at the bit i mean they also care about the economy they also want trump to be reelected, but they also are concerned about stuff like social security mm, yeah. right here's another thing i want to bring up um so they're talking a lot about you know the democrats in the house had just passed what's it called the heroes act now mm-hmm. yeah. uh, with a lot more money to pour into the economy now earlier i mentioned i don't think that there is enough money in the whole wide universe to fix what we're in right now so my personal opinion is that it's pointless to pass an act like that because we're just gonna put debt more debt on future generations aka me in the future to pay for it all we're doing is shifting economic burden from present to the future from future to present that's all we're doing and that's all we've always been doing Um, it's stupid (laughs) and it's a shoe that's gonna drop eventually 
And there are some Republicans, Dave, this is from one of the articles you sent me, that are finally standing up and going, yeah, no, we don't think so. And I think that's interesting because they're, they're opposing the HEROES Act. Now, Trump is also saying he opposes it, which is weird. But I don't think he knows why he opposes it. I kind of think he just does what he's told. Um, well, it's also because Pelosi's for it. I think that's, yeah. you know, that's, the that's extent of it. his math. But we're seeing these Republicans kind of go back to their roots and their political ideals of austerity and like real fiscal conservatism. And that is interesting to me because it doesn't actually favor Trump you know, to do that. It favors him to try and dig us out of this hole. And for them to go back to like their real beliefs shows me there are cracks in his support base because they're they're going from trumpism back to being real republicans again well i think part of it is is that you know you say it it's trump's job to try and dig us out of this and i well i would agree that that is the job of the president i what i think trump's job and if you look at everything he's done through the pandemic and, you know, kind of going back to what I was saying earlier about him being the eventual president, you know, where it's like eventually they wind up doing the right thing sometimes. But I think for him, it's not trying to dig us out of this situation. I think he could give a rat's ass. He's trying to dig himself out of it, but he's selling the image that he's digging us out of this. You know, it mm-hmm. it doesn't matter well, it, it, that there's not enough PPE for the first responders if you tell people that there is and you keep repeating the lie. Yeah, these governors, these these doctors in the hospitals, these these inspectors general who say there's there's not enough supplies for the people who, who need to respond to this. That's wrong. Believe me, I'm I'm the guy in charge. I know. And I think that's what it, it comes down to is there there are enough people, even on the right, who are like, yeah, we, we have seen the man behind the curtain. We are tired of looking at the, the emperor's saggy ass and cottage cheese thighs. We, we will admit that there are no new clothes on the emperor. Well, in Connecticut, they had, uh, you know, they did, they were, one of the guys for the Atlantic did an article and they said, why are people voting? Why do the rich vote for Trump? And it got to the point that because they felt that Trump was the best one, they're, they're not about programs anymore like they used to be, like the old Republicans. They care, no, they care more about he protects our money and he wants us to have, you know, you know we're, we're all about that. We don't really like him, but he's out looking for us. You know, and that's who they're voting. That's one of the reasons why they vote for him. Do they think it's going to, as he, you know, have people started to lean toward trying to bring back the old Republicans? Because the Republicans they have right now, no one recognizes them. That's why Rick, uh, Steve Smith and those guys, Rick Wilson, that's why they're coming. They're Republicans, but these aren't your Ronald Reagan Republicans. People don't know who these people are. You know, they're. they're And it's not not because they're wearing masks. No. Which no. it honestly it, no. it'd be better if it was. I would right. really prefer it if we wore hijabs. <laughs> you're really trying you're really trying to get some stuff started. Wow. Some, it, it's it's the he- nude most of the time. Hijab creators. Yeah. I like 
Um, or maybe I'm, I'm saying it wrong. I, I'm, I honestly might be saying the wrong. The thing that goes over the head and covers the face, if you have really pretty fabric, it's a lot more flattering and nice than wearing like a surgical face mask. But I mean, I guess you could have your hair out, but it's, you should be covering your hair. So, <clears throat> yeah, it's kind of part of the whole deal with those things, isn't it? Yeah. The, the hair coverage. But if you're doing it as a fashion statement, then it's just cultural appreciate, uh, appreciation. Uh, <laughs> Cultural you appropriation. You sound white. <laughs> uh, you know. A niqab. <laughs> we should be wearing niqabs, I think, because it's for safety. Honestly, not cultural appropriation. I think it's for safety. You should start an, an organization, the Niqab Scouts. <laughs> could it could go far so we're we're talking about our our appearances throughout this and i i had mentioned a couple of weeks ago on the show and i still haven't seen anyone with it even though uh time and saw it on facebook we need like alien face hugger masks uh oh, that, God, that you know, oh yeah i mean it just says so much about you what we're going through do we talk about it with liz stewart i don't know if she was on the episode i, I should mention yeah would be liz or would wear it would be liz she loves those movies but i know she's I mean, they named their kid ripley yeah and i know she's been sewing masks so i should talk to her about making them but uh just before we started recording rosie you mentioned you're you're getting a haircut yeah and and i was i it's funny because when i was making coffee before the show this morning i was thinking about it and realizing like if you suck at small talk when this whole thing ends and you know we are at least like going out in public and like being somewhat social easiest opener god i haven't seen you in forever did you do something with your hair <laughs> like did you get a haircut is that new that is that is going to be like the easiest go-to that is like i think gonna last three days before people are like yeah he asked me if i did something with my hair like what a fucking dick <laughs> Well, the missus has been on my case to get a haircut, so I'm going to go get a haircut. It's a pandemic. Are, are you know. shaving it down, or what are you, what are you doing? Oh, and no, who's I'm doing it? A regular haircut. But who's doing the haircutting? Um, my haircutter is a woman who also appears in movies of the adult fashion. Oh, neat. Cool. And she's always been extra safe about regular testing. So I figure, and she said, I figure she's been Roni tested. <laughs> She'll talk to you about it. Like there's some $155 tests that she makes a guy take before she sleeps with them. So I figure if anyone was safe oh, enough to get smart. a haircut, it would be Jesse. I'm going to do that. I'm going to make them get tested. Make- it's it's huh? not so much the expense of the test, but the essay section that I think weeds a lot of people <laughs> out. That's can be problematic. No, I'm gonna go get go to Hollywood and uh, pet her dogs and uh, get a haircut today. Nice. Wow. You gonna wear a mask? Ooh. Now we have to wear it from my car to the door, but I'm not gonna wear it inside. Interesting. All right. I've tutored without a with a mask, and then eventually been like, "Okay, this is dumb." When you, when you took the mask off, did you say, "It's been me, your tutor, <laughs> no, the whole time"? I didn't. It was weird, and I would have gotten away with it too if it weren't for you meddling kids. Yeah. Well, they say those droplets go far. Uh, they do. I don't need that word. They said, "Yeah, speaking," and definitely, they said, "Singing's even worse." 
Oh yeah. Yeah. Singing's I've heard them one. sing. Huh? I said I I know it's worse. I've heard them sing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean I, I probably haven't yeah. been as safe as I could have been. I, I've gone to the store but I wear a mask, Home Depot. That's uh, pretty spread out at Home Depot, but you still gotta have a mask, huh? You still gotta have a mask. And, yeah, because uh, it lingers in the air and it falls yeah. on the floor. Then it's on your shoes and all that stuff. I went yeah. to Hill- Highland Park Wine to pick up wine yesterday. No, Silver Lake Wine. There was a line. Hmm. Then were you six feet apart? The wine line. You are until you walk up to get the stuff. There's only been one place where they actually... One guy like runs up, drops it while you're like six feet away. Then he runs away and then you go and pick up your package. Like That's well, only been... I, I went to the bank yesterday and I was, you know, how you have your envelope and you lick it to seal yeah, it yeah, yeah. and it doesn't stick. So I ran back in the bank. I said, hey, can I get a little piece of tape? Well, we're not supposed to let you touch anything. <laughs> I was like, it's tape. I just want a little tiny piece of tape. Just put she it was under really the window. serious for tape. She, and she, I said, well, just let me tear the tape off. You know, I mean, do you want me to put on gloves for a little piece of tape? Well, I, I, I went to, I went to the bank earlier this week and like it was one of those setups where there are two ATMs next to each other and there was someone at one of them and so I right. waited until he was done. Right. He left and then I went to the other ATM and I you know I'm doing my thing and then this idiot comes up and just starts no mask starts using the ATM next to me and I like I just wanted to get the fuck out of there as quickly as I could but I was right. also part of my brain was uh, you know I do drop the obscure references from time to time and I was wondering like especially with a mask on if I pointed and did the ah! like Donald <laughs> Sutherland thing from Invasion of the Body Snatchers if, if they would get that and instead I just decided to point and start shouting unclean unclean <laughs> I'm not allowed to go to the Bank of America anymore. <laughs> I guess that's the end of the story. That's that's the moral. I have OCD, and I've always used my knuckles when using keypads at the at a gas station, mm-hmm. and feel ridiculous doing it. And I always open doors with like my elbow or sleeves or something. But now I see all those ads for those like basic substitute fingers. Yeah, those key uh-huh. things. Those little key things. The yeah, brass. Like, guys, this is ridiculous. You're going too far. Just stay inside. <laughs> like, if you're at that level of paranoia that you're buying yeah. something off of online yeah. that claims to be killing all germs, you should just stay inside. Well, they claim that they're, they're pissed that you're making them, you know, they can't go to the beaches. They say keep moving. They said making them stay inside is like slavery. That's yeah, what they it's say. just like slavery. Yeah. Sitting around oh watching goodness. Netflix is the same as generations picking cotton in South Carolina. It's the same thing. Well, they, they didn't go to the beach then. <laughs> that is true, Dave. They sl- probably did not sl- let the slaves go to the beach. <laughs> was the, uh, that was the, the title of my, my graduate <laughs> thesis. Slavery, it was no day at the beach. <laughs> yeah, no day at the beach. Yeah, that one day off. Okay, everyone, get in the car. You know, fun, that just fun story that reminded me of. I for a little while I was uh, doing some work with the global security department at Disney, and they do these things like these awards for employees every year for people who have gone out of their way and like not security people, like regular folks who've done things to help save lives just in the course of their day. 
And they're like, we need you to write up some of these stories, you know, so the CEO can present the awards. And, and I'm like, well, what are we going for? And they're like, well, I, I mean, you know, don't get too serious. I'm like, so like a, a Robert Stack unsolved mysteries kind of thing. I'm like, yeah, yeah, do that. And there was like one person who I think he's like a janitor and he was with his family at Disneyland, saw someone choking on a hot dog. So he gave them the Heimlich maneuver. And I wrote it up, you know, that, you know, when whatever his name, you know, Ernesto Thompson was, you know, at Disneyland with his family, it was no day at the park. (laughs) (laughs) That one came back to me. They're like, "Eh, to Robert Stack. I'm like, really? (laughs) Okay. Now I have to go. All right. Well, then I will thank you for being here. And uh, yeah, ending on Disney anecdotes, I think, is a wonderful place to end. I do want to thank our panelists for being here. Uh, Rosie, since you sort of initiated it, thank you, first of all, for being here. Uh, Where should you so desire? Can people uh, keep up with you online or if you have any uh, in-person stuff, master non, that uh, that you'd like folks to know about? my in, my Instagram and 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 uh, what's it called handles are the same. It's it's both at Rosie Pigs R O S I E P I G S Rosie Pigs and uh, Instagram. I post funny stuff and on Twitter I uh, mostly use it to troll QAnons and uh, report Nazis. Awesome. Most of my Twitter usage. Real Americans report Nazis. Well, thank you for uh-huh. for taking time away from your important work. Uh, in the social media sphere and uh, enjoy your enjoy your haircut oh thanks have fun yeah i'm just gonna keep getting shaggier over here also uh a pleasure to have with us today so thank you to cat alvarado cat thank you so much where can people uh, keep up with what you've got going on online or in the in-person spheres thank you for having me on you can you can follow me online at the cat alvarado on facebook well, it's Cat Alvarado Comedy on Facebook, at the Cat Alvarado on Instagram and Twitter. That's C A T A L V A R A D O. And if you don't have those, you only have YouTube. You can find me on YouTube as well. Hey. So subscribe to me on there. Right on. Mm-hmm. And the Villains of History podcast. It's oh yes. Uh, I you know full disclosure. I've done some work on it uh, with the editing and the things. And uh, it is it is truly a delight to work on and and listen to. So check it out. Aww, By the way, you. yeah, you're welcome. Real quick, just because this has been driving me nuts for the last hour. Just over your shoulder, like far away, there's a picture with like a sort of a yellow. But yeah, mm-hmm. what what's going on there? It just it. I'm like, I know it's not the cover of the Flaming Lips album, the Soft Bulletin, but it kind of looks like it. It's a painting called The Man from Boston, and it is JFK walking up to a podium, and then there is like a sea of people. Oh. It's like a stadium. Please come to Boston. <laughs> this is, yeah, this is coming full yeah. circle. We were talking about that song before. He's a history buff, and he loves all of the presidents. That entire bookshelf is just history books about presidents. That right one. On. That's his. Yeah, and there's, it's it's one of two full bookshelves of presidential books how, how much yeah. doris kearns goodwin in there i don't know i don't, I don't know who that is oh presidential <laughs> historian she uh i haven't watched the show in years because of blood pressure but uh used to be on meet the press a lot 
when they needed perspective <laughs> on have presidents ever pulled shit like this before? And well, no, actually, uh, you know, so yeah. And or speaking, speaking of uh, J- John Meacham, yeah, brilliant. Uh, Rosie, uh, we need to talk uh, after your haircut about QAnon stuff because apparently there's a JFK thing that they like and I know you know more about it and I won't go nuts trying to just get the nugget of information. So uh, I look forward to talking to you about that. Kat, thank yeah. you so much for being here. Mr. Time and Ship, always a pleasure. Should you so desire, where can people catch up with you online or in the human sphere? Oh, I was going to say before, hey, Rosie, you might like the, the, the devil's chessboard, seeing that you like that particular type of uh, stuff. Um, What's the devil's chessboard? It's a book about uh, 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 the Dulles brothers, uh, Foster Dullis and oh, Alan yeah, Dulles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. They I talk about the- John F. Kennedy and all that, too. Uh, think- you can catch me on Time and Ship at um, Instagram, Time and Ship at Facebook, Time and Ship at, uh, on Twitter, as well as Time and Ship on YouTube, all my stuff, as well as um, my book, My East St. Louis, is on uh, Amazon.com. As well as my my comedy CD, Universal Brother, is on iTunes and Spotify. Right on. Well, thank you for being here. Definitely check all of them out in those places. Me, I'm Dr. David Robinson. I am on Facebook as Dr. David Robinson. On the Twitter, I am at Stand Up Fall Down. So uh, dig that, enjoy. And if you've made it this far into the show, you probably already know, but it bears repeating that we are on the socials on Facebook at uh, Let's Be Treasonable, all spelled out. And on the Twitter, we are at L E T S B T. T-R-E-A-S-O-N-A-B-L. We take off the E's and pass the savings on to you, the listener. Speaking of you, the listener, want to thank you for listening. If you like the show, tell everyone you know, rate and review us on the platforms on which you enjoy the show, and even some of those on which you're not listening, because, hey, pandemic time. We're looking for things to do. Uh, If you didn't like the show, that's fine. Keep it to yourself. We won't mind. We will be back next week in one form or another. Hopefully you will too. Until then, goodbye. Bye. Bye.